Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. What's the name of this conference? I can't hear you. What's the name of the conference? Come on, raise and say, inside of me is a full-grown Jesus. And I will be activated this week. Come on, say, inside of me is a full-grown Jesus. And I will. I will. I will. I will. I will be activated tonight. Will somebody give me praise in his house? Now you have to understand the call of real pastors, real leaders. Most leaders in this area don't do their job. Their job is to activate and equip you. That means you are supposed to do the work. Say, I'm supposed to do the work. One more time. One more time. See, most churches are audience driven. We have good worship. Thank God for good worship. We want to make it a nice experience. It's driven by an audience with a special preacher. That is not New Testament. The Bible said they went everywhere. Who's they? Say, we are they. Who's they? We are they. I can't hear you. Who's they? We are they. Who's they? We are they. And they went everywhere. The Lord working with them. Casting out devils, prophesying. They did the work outside, and then they brought the fruit that they harvested on the outside to the inside. It's an army model, not an audience model. Somebody say, it's an army model, it's an army model. not an audience model. So we build these incredible buildings, have nice seats, nice air conditioning. We get the best kind of singers, everything. Why? We're trying to draw an audience. How many of you see that? No wonder the church is bored and dumb. Because we're coming to see the show. And most churches hear how it is. Say three fast, three, fast. three, slow, three slow, preach, preach. Get, that money, get that money, and away we go. There'll be some version of that every Sunday. There'll be some version. That is not New Testament. And so the Bible said that the fivefold natures, apostolic nature, prophetic nature, teaching nature, pastoral nature, evangelistic nature, are here to equip you to do the work. Somebody scream, equip me to do the work. Equip me to do the work. See, if you don't start with desire, you'll never be activated. And many of you, you're confused. You're confused by a stereotype. Somebody say, see your life through a stereotype. See your life through a stereotype. I run into this all the time. I say, and you shall be a pastor. And they go right to their stereotype. Well, I, I, I'm not a good speaker. I didn't say you're going to be a speaker. I said you're going to be a pastor. Take care of people. That's what your job is, taking care of people. 
starting off with broken, goofy people. How many here was broken when they came to the rock? If your hand's not up, you're a liar. <laughs> broken, goofy people. And you get around spiritual parents. And they're to walk you into wholeness. And then you have a graduation day. Then you get activated. Now you become a spiritual parent. That's the way it works. But most church models are come to the audience, watch the mono talking head. And then, then they get mad because their church doesn't grow. It's not supposed to grow from an audience model. It's supposed to grow from an army model. And they, who are they? Are. I can't hear you. Who are they? We are. Come on, use your military voice. Who are they? We are. Use your military voice. Who are they? We are. Man, I just saw the Holy Ghost getting excited. You know what most church, the Holy Ghost, he shows up, then he walks around, boring, boring. This church is boring because nobody wants to do anything. Well, Kevin, I, I might make a mistake. Hey, you learn how to walk by falling down. That's why babies' legs don't become brittle to their four. You learn to walk by falling down. You're going to make a mistake, but that's why parents are there to catch you. Anybody ever seen how they train eagles to fly? How a mother eagle trains a baby eagle to fly? They put that baby eagle on their nest, on their back. They put that baby eagle on their, on their back, and they go up about 10,000 feet. Then they roll, they spin, and the baby gets flung off of the mother's back. And now they got to try to fly. Somebody said they got to try to fly. Come on, do the hand motion. I'm trying to loosen you dead people up. Come on. They got to learn how to fly. And the baby's trying to fly. Never flown before. But here is the secret the mama knows. I can fly faster than you can fall. Every I can fly faster than you can fall. You cannot make a mistake too big for Pastor David to clean up. I, I may make him. He can fly faster than you can fall. Somebody say, Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave can, fly can fly in the spirit, in the spirit faster, faster than, I can fall. than I can fall. See, I can't make a mistake, make a mistake. Too, big too big for Pastor David to fix. David. Putting all the pressure on Pastor David. Can you smell it in here? Everybody take you. You know what I smell? I smell spiritual poo-poo. It's in the room. But you're growing. You got to change spiritual diapers. See, you got to understand something. Pastor really means parent. Everybody say pastor. pastor. Really means parent. And so God takes people that are zeros, he invests in them and makes them a spiritual hero. But if you're blinded by a stereotype, I could never be that. I could never have that kind of standing. And how to, no, 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 you're not supposed to. You're seeing your life through a... Come on, talk to me now. I'm, I'm a response preacher. Listen, if you're hearing this video, if you get a bad response, I'm with some dead people. 
I'm not going to take the blame for this one. <laughs> Say, see in your life, see in your life. Through, a through a stereotype. One more time. See in your life, see in your life. Through, a through a stereotype. That kills your ministry. Because you take a name or an image. And you say, well, I could never be that. And you lose sight of who God made you to be. So on this first night of the conference, activate, I'm going to talk about deactivate. Somebody say deactivate. deactivate. Somebody say deactivate me. Deactivate. I'm going to deactivate every lie, every dysfunction, every stereotype. See, if you don't deactivate, when we try to activate you, it's not going to work. You know, it's very funny. I was in the back there and Apostle David, now we use Bible names here to describe people's ministry. If you're offended, sorry for you. He is an apostle. He's got that apostle nature. Don't ask him to come see you in the hospital because he feels frustrated because he can't send you anywhere. He designed to send people. Go, go do something. Oh, he's loving this message right now. He's oh, yeah. He's taking notes. I'm going to put this on my people next week. Somebody say audience model. model. Army model. model. Audience model. model. Army Army model. And most churches are built for an audience. And that's why you are here. Because you got tired of looking at a religious show. He said, I was born for something greater than this. Somebody say, I was born born. for something greater than this. this. Let me just say, it always happens. No, I'm talking to you now. (laughs) But you're learning, you're training, you're being trained right now. What you always have in most churches in America is that people come to church pre-offended. Somebody say pre-offended. Kevin, you offend me. You were offended before you got here. I didn't offend you. I triggered you. Oh, yeah. You can't trigger something that doesn't have a trigger. I didn't offend you. I triggered you. You was already pre-offended. And so many churches, so many little Peter Pan pastors. My name is Pastor Peter Pan. I'm going to take you to Never Never Land. You're never going to prophesy. You're never going to cast out a devil. You're never going to hear the sick. Peter Pan, pastors. No equipping in the Peter Pan. He said, well, I don't want to offend anybody. Jesus said, blessed are you if I don't offend you and you don't take offense at it. Why? You hang with the Son of God, you will be offended. It's not will you be offended, it's what will you do with the offense when it comes. Everybody's going to have a chance to be offended. And don't let that be your excuse why I'm not in the ministry. There are many people in this room, you have a full-grown Jesus in you, and you're sitting on spiritual stupid because you got offended before you got here. Private Kevin, they, they hurt my heart real bad. I was in a bad church. I was a bad pastor. Okay, yeah. What are you going to do about it? Sit in your stink for the next 20 years? Or are you going to process your offense? Somebody say, process my offense. And you know why the devil's always trying to offend you? Because he knows it works. 
It's easy to offend some people. This church right here is a very offensive church. Pastor David is very offensive, Pastor, very offensive. He's very offensive if you're living for the flesh because he's here to do a holy homicide on your religious flesh. Somebody say it's going to be a holy homicide. Come on, say it's going to be a holy homicide. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross. What's the purpose of the cross? It's not a piece of jewelry. It's an instrument of death to kill you. Your answer is animal nature. Kill the animal. That's your cross. That's your answer. Say, kill the animal nature. Are you ready? Turn your volume up. What is the cross for? I can't hear you. What's the cross for? What's your cross for? That's the deactivation part. God doesn't anoint animals. Now, understand how come God don't use me? You little goat. Every time we ask you to do something, but, uh, but, uh. you always have a but every time the pastor asks you to do something. I want you to serve over here. I would, but. But your response should be, yeah. I need you to go serve over here. The media ministry right now. More sheep in it. God doesn't anoint animals. That's why when he got around the Pharisees, what did he call them? Snake, wolf, pig, dog. He was talking to the nature. That's a pig nature. That's a dog nature. What nature do you manifest when you get angry? What nature do you manifest when you don't get your way? Snake. You know why he called him a snake? He says, you're going to do to this generation what the snake did in the Garden of Eden. A snake, but we're so afraid of offending. I don't want to call them. Yeah, call them what they do. Call them what they do. But Kevin, you're making me nervous. Good. Holy Ghost supposed to make the flesh in you nervous. Somebody say you cannot curse what God has blessed. One more time, say you cannot curse what God has blessed, but you cannot bless. What God has cursed. You cannot bless what God has cursed. And so to really be activated, there is a word that we must become, which is a priest. Somebody say, be a priest. Come on, shout, be a priest. That means you have access to God in the heavenlies. Yes, it means worship, but it means I have access to God. I can go right to the Father. I can go right to the throne. So what really activates you is your priesthood. What really activates you? What really activates you? Now, we're not talking about the Catholic priest where you don't get a girlfriend, nothing like that. You know, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. And right around when you're like eight, nine, they start fishing for a future priest. They said, uh, little Kevin, have you considered a priesthood? Now, I'm only seven, eight. I, I don't know. 
They came back next year. Little Kevin, have you considered a priesthood? I'm about nine now. I don't know. Every year they come surfing. You know, they want to find future priests because they can't produce their own. No babies. Little Kevin, have you decided anything about the priesthood? But when I became 11 years old, I discovered girls. Look, Kevin, have you considered a priesthood? I said, yes and no. <laughs> you don't get a girlfriend. I can't do that. So I'm asking all of you, have you considered a priesthood? And your answer is yes. Have you considered the priesthood? Yes. Have you considered the priesthood? Yes. That means you have access. You know, when I go to a church, I don't worship. When I go on the ministry, I don't worship. Why? My job is not to worship, it's to watch you worship. Because if I don't see the glow on your face, I say, disqualified, 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 because you're not a priest. Oh, yeah, oh, boy. My job is to watch you worship. That's when you really see what's inside. See, you can fake praise. I mean, like in Colombia, South America, in Puerto Rico, Man, they got a rhythm section. They got the drums, the congas, like when Pastor David gets on the congas. You can be the dead. The devil can do the dead. Oh, yeah. Feel the, feel the rhythm. But worship. Oh, no, no, no. No rhythm except the one that comes from your heart. So if you can't worship, you can't be a priest. If you can't be a priest, you cannot be activated. So if you cannot be a priest... You cannot bring activation. So the Spirit of God is here today to activate you. But first, I have to deal with offenses. Everybody has an opportunity to be offended. Everybody. And the devil's been studying you since you were born. He knows what offends you best. He's a stalker. He knows what's going to hit your trigger. Even you Holy Ghost people to pray in tongues, he knows how to trigger you. He knows how to activate that trigger inside of you. The word offended is the word scandalizo or scandalon. It is a prophetic picture of a deep pit so deep that an animal can't get out of it. Do you hear this? So maybe they dig that pit 14, 20 feet deep. And over that pit, they would hang a tripod, very loose, with meat hanging from a rope on the tripod. But the tripod is not stable. So if you pull on the rope, the tripod collapses and the animal leaps for the bait or the meat. Then he pulls it, but the weight of the animal pulls him in the pit. That is the picture of being offended. So the devil knows what he's doing. He will put your favorite animal meat. What does flesh mean, say animal nature? What does flesh mean? So what's your flesh? So he will put the favorite food of your over some kind of a pit and just come on and entice you. And then when you jump to grab the bait from your flesh, the tripod collapse. You're in the pit. Now you're stuck. You're trapped. See, the devil has nothing for your spirit. He only has Food for your flesh. Is anybody hearing this yet? Anybody recognizing that's how I got in this situation? Oh, man, that's how I ended up with Jezebel. 
Uh, some of y'all got Jezebel. Now, they're in the past. You went to divorce court and got rid of Jezebel, but there was a Jezebel in the past. The word offended means trapstick, to trip up, to entice to sin, to make to stumble, to cause to distrust, to fall away, to make shipwreck, to judge somebody unfavorably, to be indignant. Oh, this is a good one. To see in others what we disapprove of in us. To see in others what we disapprove in us. It's a trap. It's a trap. But we're going to deactivate the offenses. Listen to me. There are so many people in this church that have got great capacity to do supernatural things, but the only thing that's stopping you is that somewhere in your journey you got offended. Oh, it's quiet here. Where's all my yelling and screaming? Oh, yeah. It's like, ugh. A tropical depression hit my meeting. James chapter 1, verse 13 down to verse 15. God tempts nobody. Let me just say this. You need to be aware of your weak places. You need to be aware of what is weak in your life. Everybody can be seduced. That's why when the Bible says sexual sin, the Bible says flee. Somebody say flee. If you're under 25, say flee. That means disappear. Because you cannot fight certain kinds of temptation. Is everybody hearing me? Can I be raw for just a second? How many understand that men are attracted to breast? Oh, it's getting hot in here. If it wasn't that way, you wouldn't be attracted to your wife. Yeah, I want somebody super flat chested. That's what I want for a woman. <laughs> no, that ain't what you want. So the devil knows that. And so the devil tells that young lady, oh, put that dress on. Let your Bathsheba's hang all out. <laughs> oh, I'm going to show you how this thing works. So she comes to the prayer meeting with her back. She was hanging out. <laughs> and so no matter how hard, now I don't care how spiritual you are, you can't say, I bind those Bathshebas. I bind them in the name of God. No, it says disappear. It says, leave the atmosphere. Leave the room. Oh, now you understand that. Say, bind them Bathsheba. That doesn't work. I'm sp- I can handle it. I'm a man of God. No, it don't work that way. That's how David got trapped. That's where I got the word Bathsheba. How many know what the Bathshebas are? They're a metaphor for... Your headlights, yeah. (laughs) 
listen, we act like this stuff don't even happen. That's why no man can go to a woman and say, that's an inappropriate dress. He goes, you've been looking, haven't you? That's the job of the mothers of the church. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Because if a guy does it, it always works out poorly. So that's the job of the mothers. We're not talking about wearing clothes from the 1920s, necks and ankles, but we're talking about, hey, 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 hey. That dress you're wearing, the devil is using the hell out of that dress right there. Everybody all right? Oh, look, look, y'all. Look, y'all. I do my research before I go to the church. I asked the pastor, what's been going on? I talked to Pastor Jeremy. He said, we've had a rash of fornication in the church. He said, we got some fornicating saints. Am I lying? Say, we got some fornicating saints in this church. We got some fornicating saints in this church. And we don't want no fornicating saints in this church. So that's why I'm preaching this message that we stop fornicating in the church. I'm not going to sin by silence. If I know it's there, I'm going to attack it. James chapter 1, verse 13 down to verse 15, it says, Let no one in Rock City Church say, When he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Somebody say your own desires. Come on, make it sound nasty. My own desire. Look at your neighbor and look at him and say, sometimes I think nasty thoughts. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, sometimes, even though I'm Holy Ghost saved, on certain occasions, I think nasty thoughts. I'm drawn away by what's in my flesh. So the devil uses your flesh against you. But then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it's full grown brings forth death. And everything that God meant to live dies. How you see yourself dies. The image that God put as a son and a daughter dies. The call to be a minister dies. I'm not just talking about sexual sin, but because we had the fornication issue in the church that he brought up to me, I thought I'd hit that real quick and drive by. That's a drive-by fornication scripture. (laughs) Got that right now. (laughs) We're not going to stay there. We're just going to drive by. We took. (laughs) And the reason, because we don't want no fornicators in the church. (laughs) That's just a slight drive-by. Turn your Bible to James chapter 1, verse 21 down to verse 25. 
Because when you get offended, your entire life goes into hibernation. And all the goodness that's in your life turns into corruption. Turns into corruption. If you're not functioning in the purpose of God you were designed to function in, you're in perversion. Say, if I'm not in the pervert, if I'm not in the purpose, I'm into perversion. There's no middle ground. There's no lukewarmness that God approves of. God wants fire. He wants fire. Fire is never satisfied. No matter how much wood you put in a fire, somebody say the fire is never satisfied. Come on, say it like an old southern preacher. Say the fire, the fire is never satisfied. The fire is never satisfied. So if you're not on fire, that means somewhere in your life you've settled, you're satisfied. Because the fire never satisfied. Well, Pastor David, he irritated me. He said, how you doing, Pastor? I'm on fire. There's some words you can't say with that energy. How you doing, Pastor? I'm lukewarm. <laughs> it won't work like that. James chapter 1, verse 21. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving who? That means if you're not doing the word, you're already deceived. Not you're going to be deceived, you already see. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, and he observes himself and goes away, and immediately he forgets what kind of man that he is. But if he looks with perfect, into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, he is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed by what he does. Here's the problem. If you're not doing something, you're already deceived. If you're not operating with the Jesus inside of you to do spiritual stuff, you're already deceived. So how do you preach to deceive people and keep them coming back year after year? What do you tell them? I can tell you right now, 90% of the church in this city, they don't hate sin. They don't agree with it, but they don't hate it. Because if you hate it, you try to kill it. They have kind of a neutral part. Well, you know, God loves sinners. Yeah, but you love sin, bro. You let people be full of sin and be serving in the church because they got talent. Oh, no, no, no. Somebody say, oh, no, no, no. Come on, raise your hand. Say, Holy Spirit. Show me how to hate sin the way that you hate sin. Come on, close your eyes. Use your passion. Say, Holy Spirit, show me how to hate sin the way you hate sin. Lord, show me how to hate this sin that's operating in my life. You know, when you get past the book of Acts, all the sin they're talking about in the epistles was in the church. That was not written to the lost. It was written to the church. Every sin that's in the Bible is in this church, either in attitude or action form. Every sin. Every sin is in the church. Well, I was thinking about it. Well, that's sin. Jesus said, if you think about it, imagine it, that's sin. You know what he said? 
And so the more you hate sin, the more the lukewarm people don't want to be around your church because you irritate me, you offend me, you trigger me. I got triggered because I talk about sin. No, 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 no. So here's the deal. He said, now you're talking to church people. He said, if you're not doing the work, you're like a person looking in a mirror and then you forget who you are. Now, there's a movie that came out, I don't know, many years ago called 51st Dates. Anybody see that movie, 51st Dates? And the premise of the movie is this guy meets this girl at a restaurant. He's attracted to her. He comes on to her. They spark up a friendship. And the next day, he wants to continue the conversation, but she forgot who he was. That's why we keep preaching foundations, because if you're not doing something, you forget who you are. And there's people in this room today, you heard the scripture, but you have forgot who God called you to be because you're a lazy Christian who won't do the work. Now, there's a good opportunity to be offended. Just say, I will not be offended. I will not be offended. I will not be offended. But if you're not doing the work, you have come up with a cover story to justify your laziness and your inactivity. You got a cover story. And when you do an interview, then you, the cover story comes out. Somewhere, you're going to blame it on somebody else. Well, I was in a church, and they, you know, they did me wrong. Oh, really? So they got more power than the Holy Ghost in your life? Huh? That, that pastor has put a curse on you that you don't want to work anymore for decades? Please. That's a cover story to cover up something. There's that tropical depression again. <laughs> but he says that when you look into the perfect law of liberty, you see who God made you to be. And then if you go do something, what happens? I remember who I am. Somebody say, I want to remember who I am. Come on, say, I want to remember who I am. See, the most precious thing that you have in your life is not something you own. It's your identity. Say, the most precious thing I have is my spiritual identity. And so the devil is always attacking that identity. Jesus was drawn into the wilderness to be tempted. And he had been fasting for 40 days, hadn't eaten. What was the temptation? Bread, something natural. But the temptation was to move apart from the direction of the Father's voice. What is always the temptation for spiritual people? To move independently of the Father's voice. I'm going to do that to boost myself up. Let me tell you something. I'm around gifted people all the time. I know guys that can read your license plate number. They can know the doctor. They can tell you what you had for lunch yesterday. Literally. I've seen that happen. But the problem is, if I use it to feed my self-esteem, I'm in the devil's trap. Now, here's the problem. The highest call of anybody in this room is son and daughter. So the devil used that on Jesus. He said, if you be a what? He didn't say, if you be a savior, if you be the king. He said, if you be a And that's where the devil has trapped many of you people. 
Because you're trying to do something to be a son rather than just be a son and a daughter. Now, we want the son and daughter to do something. But if you are a son and a daughter, that's the beginning of activation. Out of your relationship with the father, you're driven to do something. You know the word son means? Builder of the house. The word son means carrier of the legacy of the house. So if you're not a son, guess what you are? Either a slave or an orphan. If you're not thinking and living like a son, either you're a slave or an orphan. We have a lot of institutional churches. You can't become a son because nobody wants to be a father. It takes a father to make sons. And because there are no fathers, you become orphans and slaves. The difference between a son and a slave is that the slave never thinks about legacy. They never think about who's coming after me. They never think about reproducing themselves in another generation. I'm 71 years old. Every time I come to church, I'm looking for my spiritual replacements. Oh, I am. I'm looking for somebody who's going to carry this. I can't take it to heaven. Listen, my anointing is of no use in heaven. Hey, angel, want to see a supernatural anointing? Uh, that was only for earth, bro. That's a little peewee. You went to peewee Bible school. This is not work up here. Your anointing is for earth. And if you don't use it now, you'll never use it because after you die, you go to a place where your anointing doesn't work. It's perfect up there. Well, Lord, I had a great deliverance anointing to cast out devils when I was in Corpus Christi. He said, we have no devils up here. I had a healing anointing. We have no sick people here. I've got inner healing. We have everybody with pure hearts. Oh, man. If you don't use your anointing now on the dysfunctional knuckleheads that God brings in your life. Many years ago, when I was born again, maybe two or three years, had a Bible study in Madrid, Spain. I was in the Air Force there, and I got a place off base, and I had a Bible study every Friday. And I ended up renting two apartments on the same floor, so we had eight bedrooms. So we get people saved, we put them in the bedroom. Or Christians would come, because we wanted to have a community, because we wanted to strengthen ourselves. And after about a, a year, some people came to Bible study, that let's say they weren't the best sinners. They were really bad sinners. And I started complaining. And I said, Lord, how can, can you move them? Can you, can you get out of, can you do something with these people? He said, son, I thought you had enough potential to leave you around these dysfunctional people. He said, these dysfunctional people are to grow you. And I went, sorry, I even asked the question. Now, there's some people that are just demons in disguise. And you just say, get out of here. You don't want to change. I'm not talking about those kind of people. I'm talking about people who are just weak, dumb, disoriented, came from bad backgrounds. And they come in your life, and you're supposed to help them grow. Has anybody ever had people like that in their life? Raise your hands. Now, if you don't have your hands raised up, you are that person. <laughs> Anybody reading the Bible where Jesus groaned? He goes, how long must you be with me? 
I'm going to say a word that all you people that have teenagers will understand. Anybody ever had raised teenagers? Then you know the groan. Uh, how long must you be with me? I had a son, I don't know, what, he had the spirit of dumb on him. He would open the refrigerator, he would drink the last orange juice in the carton and put the empty carton back in the refrigerator. Ah, oh, how much longer will you be with me? Everybody gets those kind of saints to grow you. Everybody gets those kind of relationships to grow you. Now, you got to discern. Is this a discernment? I've got a you. Yes. Somebody say Judas and Peter. One more time. One more time. Both of them betrayed Jesus. Who had the greatest betrayal, Peter or Judas? Now, remember, betrayal is always about intimacy. Betrayal is always about into who had the greater betrayal Peter he prayed for Peter did he pray for Judas no he never prayed for Judas so you got to have the people that when they betrayed you got to say is this a Judas or is this a Peter we pray for Peter but we let Judas hang himself oh there's that tropical depression again So why am I saying this? Somebody say, we are in the dirty people business. Say, we are in the dirty, dirty people business. We are in the dirty, 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 dirty people business. That's the name of our business, to make dirty people righteous and clean. Let me just say this. Every single person here has been pre-anointed. Kevin, would you lay hands on me for the anointing? No. I'll help you discover. But you've already been anointed. Well, Kevin, what do you mean? The anointing is for your assignment. We find your assignment, we discover your anointing. If I can find your assignment, which is different for everybody in here, how you do it, when you do it, where you do it, who you do it with, if I can identify your assignment and say, I was called, then God lets you see your anointing. Why would God just show you an anointing for something you're not going to do? Here's a great anointing. Yeah, that was a fun thing. You're treating it like a toy, not a tool. It's not a toy. It's a tool to build the kingdom, change people's lives. And so, when you forgot who you are, that's what frustrates these pastors. It's like, these people aren't getting it. You know why? You have to do the stuff you know right now. Well, Kevin, I want another prophetic word. No, you're not doing the one you got now. But, but you see something, don't you? I see something. You see the next thing I could do. I see the thing that you could do. Well, can I get a word? No. I'll just tell flat out, no. Oh, I say, you know what? I got a prophetic word for you. And they go. <laughs> go okay, I'm ready. I said, I'm sorry. I can't give it to you. And, and they've been around my their life. They know I know stuff. I got a word for you. <laughs> I, think, I, I, think I can't give it to you. 
I'll give it to you after you start doing the last word I gave you. You know, years ago, I had a, a guy in my life. And this guy said, hey, Prophet Kevin, I need to talk with you because I'm going through some stuff. I said, okay. So I made an appointment to meet him at IHOP restaurant. I remember it because it's still there. And every time I drive by that place, I go, ugh. <laughs> so he spent two hours, him telling me all about his issues and blah, blah, blah. And I said, get a piece of paper, write this down. He went, oh, my God, this is helping me so much. He said, this is really a word for the Lord for me. I said, okay. About six weeks later, he called me again and said, Prophet Kevin, can we meet again? I said, okay. He told me the same problem. I gave him the same answer. And I paid the bill because he's in crisis. That's the second time I had to pay for his food. <laughs> so about a month later, he called me, hey, Prophet Kevin, come and meet again. I said, okay. Go to the same restaurant, go to the same restaurant, the same booth, right by the window. He told me the same problem. Of course, I pay for the dinner because he's in crisis. <laughs> he gets in his car, he drives off, and I go, and I, all of a sudden I says, what's wrong with this picture? And the Lord says, you've been whipping a fool. And I went, I'm tired of whipping fools. Somebody say with a disgust, say, I'm tired of whipping fools. Well, Kevin, that's not nice. Let's go to the Bible before you say it's not nice. <laughs> In the book of Proverbs, it says, it says, treat a fool according to his foolishness. But the next verse says, don't treat a fool according to his foolishness. I said, Lord, you got to help me with this. <laughs> the first verse says, don't treat, no, treat a fool according to his foolishness. But the, that next verse says, treat, don't treat a fool according to his foolishness. I said, Lord, which one is it? Treat him that way? Or? He said, it depends on the fool. <laughs> Somebody said, it depends on the fool. It depends on what's in him, what he'll be responsive to. When you give him a correction, he changes direction or gives you an excuse. You see, activation is about training. Training is about learning. Learning is about correction. And some of you, you have a hard time taking any kind of correction. Because of your past brokenness, you take correction like rejection. Somebody say, don't take your correction like rejection. It's redirection. Nobody's rejecting you. You're a son in the house. You know, my, I, had, I, had, I raised 14 years at the same time. My, my daughter, or she'll tell you some of the stories maybe. Had three boys and one girl. And they were all spirit-filled. They all prayed in tongues. They were all uh, into the things of God. They were church kids. But they were still kids, and they still had the devil on one side, Jesus on the other side. And they were always getting into something. I mean, it would break stuff. I remember we went on a ministry trip to Chicago. Every day, we were there for 30 days. And the pastor put us up in a, a condo in downtown Chicago. Every day, somebody say every day. every day, those kids would break something in the condo, lamps, TVs, they just tear stuff up, hole in the wall. That's when you got to be El Shaddai, you got to pay it all, El Shaddai. 
the mini paycheck one. Oh, I got to pay that hole in the wall. Got to pay that. But I didn't get rid of them because they were my kids. I couldn't put them up for adoption. They were my kids. Put an ad in the paper. Wanted one used rebellious teenager. See, if you know you're a son and a daughter, and this is the house God has assigned you to, you can make mistakes here because your pastor can fly faster than you can fall. Somebody say, perfect is not possible. Say, perfect is not possible. And what happens is the devil is always bringing a fence around you. And the only way you can stop it is to discern, oh, oh, this is a fence. What am I going to do with it? And the devil is a genius at showing you hypocrites in the church. You know what the word hypocrite means? It's a Greek word that means actor. It means the voice behind the actor's mask. And he's a, he's a genius at showing you hypocrites. To get you offended. So you'll stop, disconnect, won't do this. Why? There's too many hypocrites in the church. Won't you join so we can have a full church of hypocrites? Everybody's a hypocrite at some point. Yep, that's right. Everybody has issues. Look at Jabez and say, I know you got some issues. Come on, say, I know you got some unresolved issues. But you're a son and daughter in the house. You cannot be activated unless you're a son who wants to be a disciple. See, if you're not a son or daughter who wants to be a disciple, the activation is really irritation. The activation is irritation. I, I, you, Kevin, you call me up and put the microphone and, and you want me to say something. You, you, I don't like that. I don't care if you don't like it. It's that's how you do it. You got to break the shame out of your life. I got to put you where God designs you. Well, I don't like it. Oh, please. See, your pastor is about to activate hundreds of you because the church cannot be going to the next season without activation. We don't want to have a bigger building and have a bigger audience with a bunch of dumb heads watch a religious show on Sunday. How, and then you go to lunch, how was the show? I thought the show was kind of dull today. Uh, you know, I really thought that, you know, Mark's had a better Sunday last Sunday. Listen, this is not post-game analysis of a football game. And that's how come some of your kids don't want to come to church because you had the pastor for fried chicken after the church service. You talked about the pastor. Well, it wasn't that good today. Did you see that one sister? Oh, she was just dancing all over the place and she's waving a flag and I, hey, hey. Maybe they got saved from something more severe than what you got saved out of. You don't know the price of my praise. What I used to be, what I got delivered from. You don't know the price of my praise. You don't know what I was when he found me. 
You don't know what he delivered me from. So I don't know that much Spanish. But I know we got a lot of Spanish speakers here, so I'm going to use one word. When that happens, just go, Cayate! <laughs> Tell them in English, Erica, what Cayate means. Be quiet. Shut up. <laughs> Be quiet. Or as them black mothers say, hush your mouth. You better hush your mouth. <laughs> See, the devil wants to divide by causing an offense. And all of you deactivated people with your gifts, we can find where this stuff happened. All we got to do is look for your offense. Somehow, somebody got you. We can't have any reason I'm not a minute because I had a real bad daddy, I had a real bad mama. Okay, is there grace for that? Is there grace for that? Is there anybody that God can't activate into service? Are you the unique one in the universe? Are you the only one that, oh, I can't, it's just too hard. The problem is you don't understand. You got a cover story and you're hiding. No more cover stories about excuse. We don't want to have an audience-driven church. We want to be an equipping center for every single Christian that walks through these doors. We're going to make you a son. We're going to make you a daughter. Now, in the last few moments, we're going to break something. Is that okay to break something? The Bible said that many are going to be offended, and once they get offended, they're just very difficult to deal with. Somebody say, soul ties. Soul ties. Say, I am a spirit. I, am a spirit. I, have, a I have a soul. I live in a body. I, a body. I, am, a I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Your soul has mind, will, emotions, memory, conscience, personality, all that's in your soul. And so that soulish part was designed by God before the fall that when you get with the right people, there's supposed to be a supernatural connection. Somebody say, Holy Ghost super glue. Holy Ghost super glue. One more time. And God wants you to be joined together. But if you get joined to the wrong thing, the glue still works. The glue still works. And a, this lady, I don't know what she was thinking about, but she was an African-American lady, and she got her hair just like she wanted, and she put super glue on it. She put Gorilla Glue on it. Remember that story? And she had Gorilla Glue on her head, and she just go, she had to go to the emergency room. And so it became a big story. So there was nothing wrong with the Gorilla Glue. She just used it in the wrong place. And so the deal is, the glue works whether you're living right or not living right. Somebody say, the glue works whether you're living right or not living right. And so when you come to church, many of you came glued to the wrong thing. You came glued to the wrong person. 
And now you got this thing inside of you. I want to serve Jesus, but I'm glued to this. And the devil tells you there's no help. The devil is a liar. Somebody say, the devil is a liar. Second Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 11, down to verse 17. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, down to verse 17. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our hearts are open wide. Somebody say, my heart. Is open wide. Look at verse 12. You were not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Pastor David, listen, these two Davids up here, David Chisholm and David Bendet, sometimes these guys are nicer than Jesus. They're super nice guys. They're open to people I would have thrown out the back door. Listen, I've been walking with them for years. I'm like, oh, I get rid of that guy. But they see something I didn't see in them. They've been walking with them. And they would say, not yet, Kevin, not yet. And some of them turn around. So the issue is not are their hearts open toward dysfunctional people. But here's what happens. You're not restricted by us. Verse 12. You are not restricted by us, but you're restricted by your own what? By your own affection and desires. Now, in return for the same, I speak to you as children, be open. Then it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What fellowship, that's a question, has the righteous with the lawless? What communion has light with darkness? What accord or what union has Christ with Belial or the devil? What part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them, be separate. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Now, listen, we're not talking about treating all sinners that way because we have no friends. We have no future Christians. But he's saying, don't open the intimate part of your life. Don't open the intimate things of your life to people who are not believers because you will get corrupted and contaminated. There's no such thing as missionary dating. You see the Christian all the time. Is, is, is that guy Christian? Nobody, but he's a good guy. He's wicked. He's evil. They're not a good guy. Either you're righteous or evil. Somebody say either righteous or evil. He thinks you're cute. You think his outside is cute. So you said, I'm going to see what happens. I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get corrupted. You're going to get corrupted. Somebody say, no missionary dating. No missionary dating. If he's not a Christian, send him to a meeting. Just say, hey, Pastor Dave, would you cast it out on this guy and we'll see what happens after you do that. <laughs> and if he, doesn't, if he doesn't, let me tell you something. When you marry a non-believer, you get the devil for your father-in-law. I get, oh, there's that tropical depression again. If you get hooked up with a non-believer, you get the devil for your father-in-law because they are doing the work in the nature of their father. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 16. 
Or do you not know that he who joined to a harlot is one body with her? Let me just say this. Harlots come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Some you pay, some you don't pay. Some you pay with dinner. Like there are a lot of girls, that was in a, I said, hey, are, are you interested in this guy for marriage? Are you looking at him like to be the father of your kids? Oh, no, we're just dating for fun and food and entertainment. <laughs> the only reason I'm going for is food and entertainment. And they say, get whatever you want. I want the 24-ounce ribeye because I'm going to eat some now, some tomorrow. Food and entertainment. <laughs> Those kind of women is what he's talking about. They're not future marriage material. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? So when it says harlot, don't think, well, I never, there was no exchange of money. Didn't say that. It won out of covenant. If you're having sex out of any covenant, well, what about gay people? Sex out of covenant. Or are you for gay? Well, I'm, I'm for what God is for. I'm against what God is against. It doesn't work. You know how come God hates three things? He hates the sin of homosexuality, he hates the sin of child murder, and he hates the sin of bestiality. You can find it in the book of Numbers. Say the sin of homosexuality, the sin of child murder, the sin of bestiality. You know why? What do all three of them have in common? No people. God can recover any sin except non-existence. A couple of years ago, I was in a Hispanic church in Alabama, maybe 15 years, and we were having a lot of illegals and whatever you want to call them now. They didn't have any papers. They weren't Americans. And they were coming into America, and they said, Prophet, and it's a Spanish church. Had a lot of illegals right outside of a chicken processing company. They said, Prophet Kevin, what do you think about uh, all these people coming from Mexico and Guatemala? And I said, well, I don't know. Let me go ask God about it. I said, well, what do you think about all these people coming from these other countries? Here's his answer. He says, your country kills 60 million of their own citizens. These are their replacements. You got to have people to run a country. We got to have people to run a country. And then it says, once again, 1 Corinthians 6, 16. Or do you not know that he that is joined to a heart as one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. The word joined in the Greek language is the word super glued together. It means to cement together, to be fastened together. And so what happens is that when you get offended, the created needs that God put inside of you, you join the wrong thing because you're not joining the right thing. Say, if you're not joining the right thing, by default, you joined the wrong thing. And God has said, no, no, I have the power to break those soul ties, but you have to accept it and remember and say, I have a soul tie. And when you sin, that creates a soul tie in your soul because you sin with your soul. Your soul is involved when that's sin. And many times what happens is that people don't do good for years in a church because they don't realize I must deactivate before I can activate. I must disconnect before I can connect. And that's why you're trying to 
be on the shore and swim at the same time doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And today God is saying, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to come back. There's a whole class of people here. Your audience, Christians. Well, I go to church. And what do you do in the church? I come late, leave early, and leave a little money. Oh, no, 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 no. And you make an ugly face like something had a, or somebody had a bad smell around you. The whole service. No joy, but you did fulfill your legalistic standard. I've been to church, so leave me to heaven alone. There has to be a desire. I want to be activated. I want to be activated. Can we hear that cry? I want to be activated. Come on, shout. I want to be activated. Come on, scream. I want to be activated. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com give.